Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, it is officially spring, score one for the good guys, which means warmer weather, which means you don't need as heavy a clothes. So maybe you may want to lighten up your wardrobe a little bit by head over to Leon Tailoring. That's right, maybe a nice spring jacket or maybe a nice pair of slacks or trousers or perhaps a nice spring dress uh, for the ladies in our audience. No matter what it is, Leon Tailoring can take care of all your spring needs. So spring on over Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, happy to see you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown. Indianapolis. Well, with 420 right around the corner, 420 being a big day in the marijuana culture, we figure we talk about legalized marijuana and cannabis. And what better person to talk about legalized cannabis than our good friend, uh, former state senator and uh, former mayor candidate Jim Mayer. Jim, how you been, my friend? Abdul, it's a good day. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> uh, so let's talk. Uh, how is the uh, marijuana legalization efforts going here uh, in Indiana, do you think? April 20th is a great day uh, for the movement. Uh, it's also a good day for uh, veterans of foreign wars. And uh, you might have noticed in Congress, in the, in the U.S. Senate, they passed a medical marijuana Bill and and I I'm not sure if it if it's a bill that started off in the House or if it's going over to the House, but uh, I think the movement is growing by the day, and state by state by state are um, are looking at this and um, well we have like 37 states, 32 states, something like that. 37 states. Yeah, 37 states that legalized it, and what I've been doing for the last year or so is talking about it and hopefully bring it to a mainstream to an understanding that we need a public discussion in the state of Indiana of what we actually want. And and there's been so much discussion about fentanyl being mixed in marijuana. And if we if we in the state of Indiana can get around this, our, our arms around this, and we figure out that we want gummies or we want creams or we want at least a full-throated discussion on the use of cannabis in automobiles and in, in, in the medical industry uh, that would help us um, and recreational use. It, the, the idea of, of um, recreational use is tough on people because the odor that bothers people. No one wants to be in a restaurant when somebody's been hotboxing out in the car and they come in and sit next to you in a restaurant. And so um, these are discussions that we have to have. And and we've got a CBD uh, company out in Westfield right now that um, uh, extracts CBD out of hemp and, and sends it to Florida, has it uh, manufactured into gummies or in creams, and they sell it around the country. And so Indiana is missing the tax money, but we're also missing the economic development opportunities. No, it's interesting to talk about uh, states that have legalized marijuana, because I want to say the latest state uh, that's probably getting ready to legalize uh, marijuana is where I went to law school in Missouri, uh, because they've legalized it for medicinal purposes, but now they're about to get ready to do it uh, for recreational purposes. They just have to dot some I's and cross some T's mm-hmm. on a few things. Well, it'd be interesting to see what they're doing, because in Indiana, what we should do is have a two-year study. And um, it took three or four years to study gaming back in the 80s. It took a couple of years to study property tax reform. It took a couple of years uh, to study alcohol for, on Sundays. And it took a couple of years to add a dime onto the our gas tax that our friend Rob Kendall hates. And, uh, and so, Indiana, you have to put your very best foot forward, understand what the topic is and how it's going to impact Indiana in a negative way, and but more so in a positive way. And and uh, we ought to take a look at other states. For instance, Ohio is a medical nature of, of cannabis. Well, they've had to alter their law at least once, maybe twice, uh, to 
to have best practices. In Illinois, as you know, uh, there's a black mark because it's overtaxed. We have to decide in Indiana if we want this or we don't want this and make sure that we have the very best practices and model after uh, successful states. Uh, Why do you think it's been the hang-up to legalize marijuana, either for medicinal or recreational purposes here in Indiana, particularly uh, since, I want to say, 2014, since so many states have gone forward with some type of legalization? Uh, well, well, first of all, you need you need the leadership. Uh, we all know that Governor Holcomb uh, wants the federal government to legalize this before the state of Indiana. And and that that is a real roadblock, a, a hurdle, if you will. But I also think, uh, when, you, when you think about the issue, the traffic stop and, and the impairment issue, and how a police officer handles that uh, issue at the traffic stop in, in the way of judging if someone is under the influence of, of um, cannabis or marijuana. And, and I'm not sure in the, in, in the coming years if we're going to be able to uh, mainstream that and find out exactly how someone's impaired like they, they do with alcohol. But um, I, I think it's coming, and, and I think these are certain roadblocks that are in the way. Our guest on the program today is our good friend, former Republican State Senator Jim Merritt. Uh, we're talking about legalized marijuana as 420 is literally right around the corner. And so we figured we'd take a few minutes and talk about sort of the status of legalized marijuana here in the state of Indiana and where uh, where it's going and uh, what's going forward. Um, you essentially bring up the governor because uh, the governor said he opposes uh, marijuana until, until it's changed at the federal level. But something I found, there was an amendment uh, that was offered to, like a, to, to a budget bill, I'd say back maybe like in 14 or 15, that basically said the federal government cannot use taxpayer dollars to go after states that have legalized marijuana for medicinal purposes. Not recreational, that's a whole other ball of wax. Right. But the, but the federal government can't go after states uh, that have legalized marijuana for medicinal purposes. So I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so does that mean that marijuana is technically now legal for medicinal purposes, seeing how you can't use federal tax dollars to go after states and prosecute people for medical marijuana, mm-hmm. and in a weird way, does that give you the legalization that the governor's been looking for? Well, I, I think that's a, I think that's a viable position, and you know that was eight years ago. So, what what needs to happen is there needs to be a court case or something that decides uh, an issue out in out in uh, Indiana that can allow this sorts of thing. In other words, somebody has to put their pinky pinky in the in the water and and test the waters on that certain law. I, I think there are a lot of great things uh, that are going on federally and state. In the federal government, I had the medical marijuana bill in the U.S. Senate. The Moore Act just passed the the uh, U.S. House of Representatives. It's going over to the Senate, maybe to die, maybe to live. Uh, and so there are a lot of great things going on in the federal government, as well as the as well as the state government, where there was 13 bills uh, coming uh, that that were presented in the Indiana General Assembly list last session. And I think we both know that there are several members of the Senate that will come with a medical marijuana bill next year. Um, it's interesting uh, because marijuana has always sort of had this, uh, for lack of a better term, this sort of stigma. Uh, attached to it, that is the hippie stoners look like some out of a Cheech and Chong, you know, kind of nice dreams mm-hmm, mm-hmm. film. When when it's really that's really not your your typical marijuana user, if my memory serves me correctly. Well, yeah, and and uh, whenever I tweet anything, an article or a fact, I, I say hashtag edible, not a syringe. 
and and what there are people out there like myself that are saying, you know, if we're going to have a problem with um, addiction to marijuana, that most people think that that isn't the case. Let's let's talk about that rather than having addiction to an opioid because someone was having pain. And and I would much rather have someone that is that has gone into uh, a medical cannabis a realm rather than um, an opioid. And and so I, I think little by little, we're getting to the point where um, success is, uh, we're going through the tunnel and we see the light of the end of the tunnel and it is not a train coming at us. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest on the program today is our good friend, State Senator Jim Merritt. Uh, it's, funny, it's funny you talk about uh, police and sort of law enforcement. That's one of the components we have to figure out uh, how exactly is this going to work. Um, has the technology changed yet that you can detect uh, at what level of marijuana usage is someone impaired, you know, on the road yet? Yeah, I, it's interesting because I'm told that marijuana can stay in your system for up to 30 days. And you know more than about this than I do. And I beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to the party. And, and, and um, h- however, the, the idea of... Um, a traffic stop, uh, you, uh, that individual probably has to be uh, uh, drug into some sort of police station to have a blood test done, and they wouldn't know what the blood test results are right away. So the, you know, I always think that uh, I was in the 1990s. I was one of the first in the legislature, maybe the first, to talk about DNA to solve crimes. And there has got to be some way that we can test DNA at the traffic stop uh, to see if someone's impaired. And and uh, technology is changing every day, and I just hope that um, we can get there. Our guests on the program today is our good friend, Republican State Senator Jim Merritt, uh, former state senator, former mayoral candidate, a uh, big advocate of legalized marijuana here in the state of Indiana. So with 420, uh, the marijuana date uh, right around the corner, we figured we'd get Jim uh, in studio today and kind of talk about uh, sort of medical cannabis from a medical and a legal uh, pers- and a uh, medicinal and a recreational perspective uh, as well. Uh, Jim, as like I said, it's, it's interesting because uh, I want to say you, you, you talk about baby steps and change the law here in Indiana. So I want to say there was a bill passed in the last session that basically said if you're in a car accident and there were no injuries, you would not be tested for marijuana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because we're starting to get there. Um, you remember the Lifeline Law, where where some uh, if you're under 21, you call and and, uh, and you call 911 or you text 911 and say someone's in need of um, hospitalization because they're under the influence of alcohol. Under 21, you're actually saying it's legal to drink that way, and uh, uh, and so and also with the Safe Haven Law, where you can drop your baby off, no questions asked. We're getting to the point in the discussion about cannabis where. Um, it's becoming more mainstream, and people are understanding that CBD stores are out there. You, they have creams, they have Delta Eight, they they have um, the the gummies and the edibles. And I I think it's just one of those things that Indiana just has to get used to it. Um, it's, it's funny you bring up Delta because I was actually going to ask you about that because I know that's one of the big issues right now. The lawmakers may uh, tackle when they come back in January is uh, Delta Eight, which is like a half a step below. Delta 9, which is a full, you know, THC component, so to speak. But you got some lawmakers, uh, Mike Young, who you and I both know very well, who want to want to either criminalize it or, or make it illegal, saying, "Hey, you know, this is just basically marijuana light, so mm-hmm. to speak." Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Abdul, you and I both know the biggest drug in the state of Indiana is alcohol. And through this pandemic, people have been really struggling with depression and all sorts of. Um, 
results of, of being pinned up in your house. And and so when you talk about Delta 8, uh, let's put a 21 and over, uh, let's, uh, in a gas station or a convenience store, put it behind the counter. Let's put fences around it so that people can be safe. Uh, there are, there are um, odd mounted stories about Delta 8 uh, creating situations where a crime has been committed. And I don't know if that's fact or fiction, uh, but um, when the legislature is looking at Delta 8, I think they ought to be looking at just like they look at alcohol. And see, it's funny because I actually tried Delta 8. And when I tried it, I didn't feel like going to commit a crime or anything. I just basically sat at my computer and played video games all day. Well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not a whole. It's got higher THC, uh, but it's not it's 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 dangerous like alcohol. Let's and let's regulate it so we know what it is and um, and put it behind the counter. Uh, what about uh, folks who had criminal offenses, uh, say who've been arrested, you know, as far as marijuana possession had a charge or mm-hmm. you know, maybe distributing or, or using? Because I know in a, in a lot of states where they've uh, decriminalized marijuana or made it legal, that's one of the things they had to address is folks with prior marijuana convictions. And right. what, they, what they ended up doing was they ended up expunging the marijuana conviction. But it did. But they had other convictions on the record, exactly. so they, so they didn't leave out. Of, they didn't get out of jail right yes. away. Yes, I think the idea of decrim and expungement need to be at the table with this discussion, as well as the millions and millions of dollars, maybe up to a billion dollars of tax money that's going to be created by this, by the growing it. And we ought to incentivize uh, farmers. I think that we ought to use Indiana cannabis uh, sold in this state so we know what's being sold in this state and put a stamp on it. Um, and, and and the whole idea behind the idea of the of the amounts of money ought to go towards things like diabetes and and um, uh, just the different ailments that are created by uh, possible use of, of marijuana in the past. Uh, Jim Merritt with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Jim Merritt, former state senator, mayor, can, mayoral candidate of Indianapolis. We're talking about uh, marijuana and marijuana legalization with 420 uh, right around the corner. Uh, the licensing scheme. Yes. Uh, to, to sell marijuana, to, to have you, a... You've read Leopard's book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to have a licensing scheme to, 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 to sell this stuff. Sure. Uh, how would that work here mm-hmm. uh, in Indiana? Because I know in some states you can be a grower, but you can't be a retailer. You can be a retailer, but you can't be a distributor. I'm thinking about Washington uh, State. Uh how would how would how would a distribution system work? Well, it goes back to best practices. I think that's why you need a study, and people don't like to hear um, having two years of study. But I think you look to see what actually has worked in states and what hasn't worked. The way I envision it is is you <laughs> scheme is probably the wrong term. You would have distribution network that that um, individuals would have a chance or companies that are Indiana companies that would a lot like the liquor store chains, but without the three tier and all the all the um, governmental framework in that. I think it it uh, will take a um, a um, a session just to figure out the governance and the government framework to distribute it. And um, I, it can be done. We've done it before, and, and it just needs to be um, not omnipresent, but it has to be a fair. Um, a letting of of distribution rights. Uh, when we talk about uh, marijuana being legal, Bob. How about uh, the folks who want to grow it at home, say like a plant or maybe several plants? I know that's been some issues mm-hmm. uh, in some and states. And it's being well, done now. Yeah, partic- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But particularly the fi- particularly where the issue shows up is energy usage, because you have a lot of people using those heat lamps to grow marijuana. 
but the 120 outlet wasn't made for. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and that's something that, uh, that's a, a minor issue that needs to be tackled. It, it's a lot like, I want to bring nuclear power, small modular reactors to this state because of big industries that could come here and we need to have a sustainable, reliable source of energy. And so that's a good example where the two issues, there are third rail politics of nuclear and, and, um, and cannabis I like to talk about. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, that that cannot. Um, you're you're stressing the the system, the the grid, and and uh, we'd have to have some sort of um, uh, situation in a home like when you charge a battery on your automobile, uh, where you have that type of. Um, that type of pressure, that type of ampage in your house, I, I think it'd have to be the same. Uh, what about destroying it for your for your own personal uses? Would that be allowed under a generic scheme, or would you have to go to a distributor? I I think you, I think you'd have to go to a distributor because we want to keep a tight rein on what pot is in the state, and um, is it mixed? If we can't have mixed with fentanyl, we can't have it mixed with other dif- different um, poisons, if you will. And so there's got to be a tight regulation on it and i think that's really important and it's, and it's funny you bring that up because i remember uh, earlier earlier this year had a doctor in and he said one of the reasons why you would want to legalize marijuana because you can actually control what's in it and so you're not getting it mixed with fentanyl or, or, or other drugs right and i haven't really talked about that this that much but i think uh, and i've been i've been asked this question last night when i was talking to students at IEPY, and that's really the central idea because so much fentanyl is coming across the border in Mexico. We need to know what is in in the cannabis that, that is being sold when it's legal in Indiana. Uh, a couple of final questions we wrap up here, my friend. Uh, what about the, the argument that you don't want to legalize it because it's not your father's grass or your grandfather's grass from the 60s that, that people grew and kind of maybe you know used indulgently or, or far, far from between? Now, with so many strains and so many different ways you can grow the plant, you get a lot more potent, a lot more stronger marijuana than you would, say, 20, 30 years oh, ago. Oh, it's very much sharper. And uh, that's the whole idea behind regulation, uh, that you incentivize farmers to, to um, farm and grow a certain kind so you keep control over it you can regulate it and um and and as well as the idea of um uh people will be employed people will be uh um incentivized to to make money and people will it, it, people will move here and indiana with hemp and as you know uh hemp uh, ropes were used on D-Day on June 6th, and it's good, very possible those ropes were made in Elkhart, Indiana. Uh, that's an area with we have the weather and we have the uh, we have the soil. It's a perfect place to grow cannabis. Uh, final question for my friend: What do you think? Uh, just on a timeline here, you know, being in the legislature for so long, when do you think Indiana will finally get around to legalizing marijuana? 2024. I think it's two years. I, I think um, uh, I think uh, the legislature will come with um, some sort of me- medical marijuana bill next year, and with that with that experience, then twenty four. Uh, twenty four is a short session, so let's just say twenty five with a new governor. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been our good friend, Republican, former Republican State Senator Jim Ed, mayoral candidate, uh, big marijuana legalization advocate, talking about uh, the upcoming 420 holiday, so to speak. Uh, so, Jim, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.